0: We've got two beautiful ladies in the studio with us this morning from the Hugh James team. So let's say, first of all, good morning to Ruth Powell and Izzy. And again, I've lost track of your surname, Izzy, but a very good morning to the both of you. And you can fill us in with your name if you'd like to.
1: Yeah, it's Izzy Summers. (laughs)
0: Izzy Summers, there we go. So, welcome to the studio, to Ruth and Izzy Summers, Ruth Powell and Izzy Summers. It's great to have you in the studio with us this morning. And uh, it's a chat following on from the public meeting that was held down at the Museum of St Helena last week. Uh, We spoke a little bit about it in our local news bulletin uh, last Friday, Um, But I think for the general public who'd like to know a little more and probably didn't get to attend the meeting, um, I think it'd be nice to have you on radio today uh, to maybe enlighten us a little more. So a warm welcome to you. I know it's a warm welcome both inside and outside today. It's already sweltering in Jamestown. Thank
2: you, Sharon. It's lovely to be invited back.
0: It's lovely to have you back, Ruth. Let's start at the very beginning. I know that there's been quite some coverage uh, about uh, Hugh James and the ongoing compensation claim in the local newspapers. And we've had a couple of interviews here on Saint FM, but it's the first time I'm speaking to you on air, Ruth, and it's a... uh, it's lovely to be in the hot seat with you today. <laughs> but for our um, people with a couple of questions, we do have a couple of questions that have filtered into St. F. And when they learned about us doing an interview today, they did indicate that, well, there's a couple of things uh, we'd like to know. So there are a couple of people who are not quite clear on uh, Hugh James and their relationship to SHG and Waitman. So if we could go back, just uh, hit rewind or reverse Mm -hmm. just for a little bit and tell us about the relationship between the three and uh, how it all came about and for Hugh James to be on this particular case.
2: Okay. Yes, it'd be a pleasure
0: to do that. Um,
2: So we have a colleague uh, who we work with uh, in the uk at another firm Um, and it just so happened that it was his cousin bernard who was one of the police officers who was seconded over to saint helena to investigate uh, the cases the criminal cases against uh, dr sergio um, and so Bernard's cousin then contacted us and alerted us to what was going on here because um, he knew that we had a, a, a special interest in clinical negligence claims. Um, and having learned a bit more about what had happened and what Dr. Sergio had been charged with and potentially learning a bit more about the scale of, of the um the, the problem. Um, I then uh, contacted uh, the Attorney General's office um, and um, suggested that we start a dialogue on potentially how we might deal with, with this issue. It all came to a head really when Dr Sergio pleaded guilty to those criminal charges and the date was set for his sentencing which was in September of last year. Um, and in advance of us coming out for that, um, I started having discussions with the Attorney-General's office. Um, And then everybody may remember that after the sentencing, uh, the Attorney-General announced uh, this compensation scheme, which had come about as a result of our discussions. Um, And in order for that scheme to be put into practice, to be brought to life, it was necessary for them to instruct solicitors of their own Um, and that firm of solicitors was Waitmans. They're based in the UK, in Liverpool, we're based in the UK, Um, our head office is in Cardiff but we've got offices in London and uh, Southampton and Manchester. Um, And so when I got back to the UK after after that trip I went to see the, the solicitors in Liverpool and we started putting together the bare bones of the scheme.
0: Okay, so uh, a thought comes to mind uh, with Hugh James and Waitmans being two big names in on this uh, particular case. Uh, That's because it's something that St Helena government couldn't do on their own, the Attorney General's office couldn't do it on their own or they weren't equipped to.
2: This is a really unusual situation, Um, and I think it's fair to say that that this is fairly um, new territory for everybody involved. But um, Hugh James and Waitmans are both specialist clinical negligence firms. Um, Hugh James, we always act for claimants. Waitmans are uh, a firm who act for defendant trusts. And so we're both really well placed and have some experience in dealing with an action that is, big, is as big as this. And actually, um, SHG uh, and the Attorney General's Office were very sensible um, in searching out somebody who was really knowledgeable and experienced to help them.
0: And then that's where both Hugh James and Waitmans come in. They are both speaking for SHG.
2: Waitmans are speaking for SHG, um, and Hugh James are speaking for all the claimants on St Helena.
0: So, for the people, in other words. Yep. Yeah,
2: so we are we are essentially on opposite sides. But um, we've all agreed that we don't want this issue to be a massive fight. We want to try and sort it out by working together, which is why we've devised this protocol.
0: Okay, I think that sheds quite a bit of light on it. So now we know who's on which side of the fence and where the fence might lie as well. And I think uh, quite a few people will now have... Uh, a clearer picture when names like Waitman's and Hugh James uh, gets, uh, you know, discussed or comes up in a discussion. So uh, Hugh James have made quite a uh, presence here on Saint Helena uh, in the months that you've been coming here. This is already your third visit, I believe. And um, along with Issy, Issy, feel free to jump in on the discussion <laughs> whenever you'd like, because we would like to hear from you as well. Uh, The only one that's not here is Gemma Osgood. Has she left already? She
2: went back on Saturday.
0: So anyway, with the Hugh James presence and uh, a couple of public meetings, and apparently it was a good one last Wednesday night down at the museum, uh, is there going to be a time when uh, people will hear the other side from SHG and Waitmans or maybe just Waitmans for SHG? Yes.
2: Yes. We are in regular contact um, with the solicitors at Waitmans. Um, The people that we deal with there uh, is a a chap called Richard Jolly um, and uh, he's working with Gemma Wilkinson. Um, We talk to Richard and Gemma quite regularly and um, we know that they are planning a trip which will hopefully take place in March. So they will be out here, or at least one or other of them will be out here in March
0: okay so that's not too far away no nope. it's not too far away so uh with everything that you've talked about so far and uh advised people on uh will it be the same people who will be allowed to hear the other side as well
2: absolutely i think that um richard is is keen to meet with the people of St Helena to um, explain what he's doing. Um, and I suspect that what will happen is there'll be a, another town hall type meeting that um, somebody from the Attorney General's office will attend with Richard so that he can do the same sort of presentation that I've done and answer people's questions.
0: Okay, so for those who didn't attend last Wednesday night, I mean, being the middle of the week, you'll probably only have a cross-section that can attend at that particular time. But now that we're reaching the wider community by radio and possibly even uh, those that are no longer on the island, probably listening from overseas, would you kindly tell us... uh, quite briefly uh, how did the meeting go I know I covered it in the news bulletin but what would you say were the most important things you could share with people attending the meeting last Wednesday
2: well I think the first thing to say is it was really well attended it was lovely to see so many people there and we're always really grateful when people come out during the week to to see us um what I was able to say um, from a really positive perspective is that um, we've we've had some really constructive conversations with Waitmans, particularly since we've been on island. It seems to be that that in in anticipation of a trip to St Helena, and then while we're here, um, it, there, there's always uh, sort of a lot more activity. Um, I'm very pleased to say that SHG um, and the Attorney General have agreed that um, as well as including Dr. Sergio in the protocol, we can also um, consider any concerns that people have about Dr. Soto.
0: Okay, so that's the big headliner from uh, last week. And uh, would you say that those attending uh, are now a little better equipped with what they need to be able to get their individual cases rolling?
2: We're, um, we've now managed to move on in relation to um, agreeing the detail of the scheme. Um, it's a massive sort of 15-page document which has got lots of detail in it, um, uh, and so it's taken a little while to um, to get down to all the the, the the details of it. We're really hoping that we will have been able to agree all those details. Possibly before I leave the island on Sunday, but if not by then in the next couple of weeks. And once the detail is agreed and the, and the agreement has been signed by SHG and by Hugh James, we'll be able to start processing the claims through the scheme.
0: And uh, it seems that there are quite a few stages uh, with each one, and I know this is, uh, this is where the sensitivity part comes in, but do you think that people have a good handle on what it is they need to obtain and what they need to present and um, gather in, in other words, to be able to pa- be passed through the scheme?
2: Yes, I think that um, anybody that came on Wednesday uh, will, will understand it. But just to recap, in fact, there's very little that that um, islanders need to do other than to um, identify themselves to us. Um, one of the, the key issues for us is to publicise the scheme as widely as we can and make sure that everybody who has a potential claim knows about the scheme and knows how to get into contact with us. And in fact, one of the um, issues that we've been working on while we've been on the island is uh, sending out a letter to everybody on the island, um, uh, reminding them about the press release that SHG made uh, and giving them all the details, um, the contact details for us. So. Once people have contacted us and we've got their name on the list, we take over from there. There's very little that anybody will have to do other than give us some very basic information and sign some forms of authority.
0: Now, I know you mentioned uh, at your public talk about sending out a letter to everyone on the electoral register. Uh, And that doesn't include the full island population. So uh, it actually is uh, an invitation today as well to anyone who thinks they might have a claim to get in touch. And uh, all of your details are published. You are reachable. Uh, at a local mobile number as well now and there's also an administrator that you have located in the equality and human rights commission offices that's uh, taking the details for you and uh, i think that but is fairly well understood Uh, but as for reaching everyone I've been given a couple of pointers, or I've been a couple of queries have filtered in to myself here at Saint Athan when they learned we're doing this interview, and uh, there's a couple of um, worries that people express about contacting you uh, because they might feel, or they are feeling, uh, they'd like to because they uh, have the basic requirement possibly for a possible claim or compensation but they're worried that if they join the scheme it will affect their future treatment uh, at the hospital where uh, they'll be um, maybe pushed into the background and uh, taken a little less notice of because uh, you've been known to um, you know have a huge complaint before whatever else is coming, so uh, is there any cause for them to be worried about being pushed into the background or ignored in the future, should they require any future treatment?
2: No, they, they absolutely don't need to worry about that and in fact this is a question that we're often asked in, uh, when we're practicing in the UK. Uh, people who come to see us are concerned that if they make a complaint or bring a claim against um, a UK trust that that's going to have an effect on their future treatment but that's absolutely not the case Uh, and in fact um, SHG and the Attorney General wouldn't have proposed this scheme if it wasn't their intention to ensure that people got the compensation that they deserved and that things are put right for the future. So I can absolutely reassure people that they should have no fear of that at all.
0: And if they should feel that they're being targeted a little or pushed aside a little because of... uh Uh, being known to have made a claim or uh, working on a possible claim, is this someone they can take their worries to or is this someone they can report them back to to give them further reassurance?
2: Uh, Yes, us Um, If anybody um, has concerns about that, then all they need to do is to uh, email me or Izzy or Gemma or Lina, who is our on-island administrator. Um, We can arrange a Teams meeting um, and I'd be very happy to chat to people about that. But I I can confidently reassure everybody that participation in the scheme will have uh, only positive effects and not negative effects. I think it's probably important to say that some people who enter the scheme and whose claims are investigated may not proceed to the next stage of the scheme so not everybody who enters will receive compensation um, but everybody who enters the scheme will have their medical notes reviewed and um, will have an independent expert opinion on the care that they received.
0: Okay, uh, we can talk about in brief some of the stages of uh, uh, entering the scheme in just a bit, but let's hear from Izzy for a little, uh, for a short few minutes. Uh, Izzy, tell us how, uh, what's your work in uh, the scheme and, and what's the main part that you are focusing on right now?
1: Um, so everyone who knows of me probably knows me as the first person who sort of emails them or gets in touch with them um, so I, I'm i the one who's in charge of the list of all our clients um, and I sort of make sure that any updates go out to everyone who needs to hear them, I make sure that everything's set up on our files back on our systems in the UK um, I make sure everyone who wants to speak to us is able to um, and I'll also call people to, to discuss any of their concerns or anything with them so sort of do lots of the front-facing things, speaking to the clients and speaking to all the islanders which is a really lovely part of the job.
0: Have you uh, met quite a high percentage of the St. Helenian community so far in your uh, work around?
1: Yes, yeah I believe so, I mean we, we meet as many people as we can um, it's lovely to see everyone who wants to come in for meetings with us um, and it's equally just as lovely to bump into people around the community and, and people say hi to us on the street which is always really lovely.
0: And this is your third visit as well?
1: This is only my second visit, so Ruth came on her own last time. um, But I wasn't missing out again, I made sure to come out this time.
0: And I bet you're going to try to get in on most of the future visits as well. Absolutely. Can you say you've fallen? We're digressing a little, but I mean... It's uh, always lovely to hear uh, when someone has fallen in love with St. Helena. Would you say that you're one of those?
1: Absolutely. St. Helena is such a beautiful place, and especially in the sun as well. Um, Gemma and I have absolutely loved it. I don't think Ruth likes the sun quite as much as us, (laughs) but she likes everything else about the island.
0: (laughs) And uh, as for uh, outside of work, have you been sightseeing? What would you say have been your... um, your happiest moments or your most relaxing moments so far?
1: Well, we went um, and did the Napoleon tours last Friday, um, which was really nice to go and see some more of the island. Um, And we always get back to the UK and the first question everyone asks is what we've gone to see and and what our highlights of the island were. Um, So it's really lovely to sort of go out and see a bit more of the island than just Jamestown this time.
0: That's absolutely great and how about the walks? Uh, the festival of walking is going on right now, have you made it out to any of the letter boxes or post box walks as we call them?
1: Well we did the heart shaped waterfall last time we were here um, which was lovely and it had a bit more water in it then um, and yeah we're, we've, we've tried a couple of walks out this time um, I have to say I'm not the biggest fan of heights. And so some of them aren't really for me, but I'll give them a go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope you'll uh, have have some time for uh, some good uh, R&R, some rest and relaxation before you uh, go back. Because obviously you're going to be kept quite busy here uh, during the times you are here working a case like this. So uh, you do expect to be just as busy this time?
1: Yes, yeah, well, we're, we've been busy meeting everyone that we've spoken to um, before. We've spoken to some new people um, while we've been here this time around, which has been lovely. Um, and we're also hoping that lots more people will get in touch. And while we're here, we want to see as many people as possible. Uh,
0: that's a good point, uh, Ruth, because uh, Izzy said it herself, this is like uh, your letter reaching some homes today before it's even been uh, printed. So um i'll let you tell everyone what the letter is all about or i'll let you tell everyone via saint fm what it is you hope to hear back from them to be able to enter the scheme what's the uh, initial bell that should ring in your head to tell you that you should be contacting someone
2: it's Anybody who received treatment from Dr Soto or Dr. Sergio or whose family members received treatment from either of them who has concerns about the advice or treatment that they were given and worries that perhaps the treatment wasn't quite right or potentially led to a worsening of their condition. So Anybody that just has some question marks over treatment they received from those two doctors um, should just send us an email or give us a call. Um, we're happy to talk to absolutely everybody. Um, and it may be that during the first interview, when we learn a bit more about what those worries are, that actually our advice is that there isn't a potential claim there. We're, we're always very honest with people. Um, but if we think that potentially there are grounds for criticism, then we will explain that they are eligible for the, the scheme and we'll talk to them about the, the three different stages of the scheme.
0: Uh, without um, encroaching on any of the sensitive parameters surrounding uh, a scheme like this can you outline the stages uh, that would probably um, where our listeners can create a picture of how it will play out
2: sure. Because we really understand that this is all completely unknown and actually it's it's often quite scary for people to contact a solicitor if they've never had to deal with a solicitor before. I can absolutely promise you we're not scary. Um, The first stage is that we will ask people to sign what we call forms of authority, which will enable us to get hold of all their medical records, both from St Helena and any other hospitals that they receive treatment from, maybe in South Africa, maybe in the UK. So stage one is about gathering evidence, getting the medical records, taking a witness statement and then we will be instructing uh, an independent expert jointly with Waitmans um, who will review the medical records and the statement and will provide a really independent opinion on whether the treatment that was received by this particular patient was negligent or whether it was not negligent. So the end of stage one is receipt of that report and if that report concludes that actually the treatment was Perfectly fine and acceptable, and there was no negligence, then we'll explain that to the claimant. They'll have the opportunity to ask questions of the expert if they want to. But essentially that will be the end of their journey in the scheme and at that point they will walk away from it and it's really important that everybody understands they won't pay for any aspect of that scheme. So they won't pay for their medical records, they won't pay for the expert report and they won't pay for any of the legal fees advising them about their case.
0: Okay, so uh, that brings on another little uh, question that came to me uh, over the course of the last couple of days. Um, uh, There's a couple of people who've mentioned that If there happened to be quite a few people claiming through the scheme uh, and possibly winning, would it mean that there will be less money available on St Helena for uh, other important things that are possibly quite lacking now, Uh, like for instance maybe to help with infrastructure Uh, or other areas of health like um, overseas referrals? Would it be money that's taken away from one place to pay off in another?
2: That's a really good question and I do understand why uh, people might be worried about that. And in fact that's another worry that people have in the UK. They worry that suing the um, NHS is going to mean that ultimately there's less money to invest in the NHS. Um, But a couple of things flow from that. Um, This sort of litigation um, is really important in so far as it shines a light on areas of healthcare that require improvement. And ultimately, if healthcare is improved, money is saved later on down the line because the hope is that um, mistakes of this sort won't be made again. So long term there will be savings. My understanding of the funding is quite limited, um, but I do know that that there are potentially various funds that the St Helena government um, can apply to. For example, I know that there is a Conflict Stability and Security Fund, um, which supports overseas territories, um, and it's my understanding that potentially there may be some money available from that. Um, I also understand, and this is a very basic understanding, so you mustn't take this as absolute law, that um, there is some sort of emergency fund that um, SHG can apply to if they have unexpected expenditure, which, which this would be. Um, and I know that SHG are very keen to ensure that the, the impact of this scheme um, won't be to affect other public services.
0: Okay, so uh, that pretty much um, answers that one where it wouldn't be taken from uh, another place that's needing it to pay off on this one. And then you've got two holes to fill rather than one.
2: No, I don't think so, although it's important to say that every government in any country um, has to do a balancing exercise when it comes to budgeting. Um, People in their own households have to do that. So I think the, um, the, the realistic position is that it's always a question of balancing
0: priorities and needs. But it's not something for claimants to worry about when they claim through the scheme that this is going to affect uh, the money. They shouldn't think about that when they're getting ready to enter the scheme or deciding whether to enter the scheme.
2: No, they shouldn't worry about that.
0: Okay, a question has filtered in right now. I'm not sure if you're taking uh, any live questions, but since it's only one, I can tell you what it says. And uh, it might also be one that you cannot quite Uh, answer in full detail Uh, but anyway we'll ask it for our caller who's asked that if a patient wins a case what is the percentage in charges now I know you said that there weren't going to be any charges for medical records or for the expert reports Um, um, but they are asking what's the percentage in overall charges I would assume they mean that on the patient I don't know if they mean The other way around, what would be the percentage that would have to be paid out as well?
2: That's another really good question, and it's really important that people understand this before they embark on it. Um, There will be no charges to any claimant, and there will be no deductions. So perhaps if I just explain briefly what the second two stages are. If the independent report that we receive supports a claim... The the second stage will be for us to assess the injuries that have been caused by the negligent treatment. And that's going to involve uh, an examination and assessment by an independent expert who uh, will again be jointly instructed by Hugh James and Waitmans. We're putting together a list of experts at the moment who have said that they're prepared to come out to St Helena for Uh, big blocks of time to meet with claimants, uh, to examine them and um, then to provide reports on the impact of their injuries. And once we've got those reports we will then know what these people are going to face in the future in terms of future treatment that they need and future support that they might need. Um, And once we know the extent of the damage we can then go on to the third stage which is for us to assess how much that damage is worth Um, and we will need to look at The cost of future treatment, for example, if people are going to have to go over to South Africa to have revisionary surgery or if they're going to need ongoing care here, uh, we look at how much that's going to cost and and we would include that in the claim. Uh, It may be that some people are unable to work as a result of their injuries and we will make a claim for those lost earnings. Or potentially people might need Support and assistance around their house that they wouldn't otherwise have needed, um, and the claim will be to um, to provide assistance that's required um, for sort of day to day activities. Um, so we will add up how much all of that comes to, and that will be the claim that we will um, put to SHG as part of the protocol. Now all of those stages and all of that investigation will be done by Hugh James in collaboration with Waitmans and claimants in the scheme won't have to pay for any of it at all and they will receive the full amount of their damages, there won't be any deductions. Um, And that's one of the beauties of this kind of scheme because Uh, The alternative is for Hugh James to enter into individual agreements with each client. Um, Those are called conditional fee agreements and those do involve some deduction from damages. Um, But this scheme is expressly designed to avoid the need to enter into conditional fee agreements and it means that every claimant will get every single penny of the compensation that they deserve.
0: Uh, I know that uh, in your meeting you spoke about uh, if they should be awarded compensation about uh, some form of a trust because I know that links back to the island benefits. Can you explain uh, what is being done or uh, what advice is being given in that direction?
2: Sure. so again, in the UK, if somebody's awarded damages, it's quite possible that receipt of those damages may affect their eligibility for a means-tested benefit. Um, and so to avoid people losing all their damages by uh, because they're no longer entitled to, to benefits, we put the, the damages into what we call a PI trust, which means that they don't form part of somebody's capital um, for for that means test. Um, and we think it's really important that um, saints have that same protection so that they don't lose their benefits ele- eligibility. And this is something that we've discussed with Richard and Gemma at Waitman's. They fully understand the issues um, and um, I'm confident, uh, that we will come to an agreement on that, that there will be some sort of mechanism which will ensure that the damages received by people are protected.
0: And they don't have to live off it and uh, give up their benefits. Exactly. As, uh, so to speak. Uh, let's just go back a little. Uh, it's just come to my head. You mentioned something about uh, experts coming out uh, for huge blocks of time to examine. Uh, potential claimants and uh, um, make these examinations this is where the relationship goes with uh, Hugh James and Waitmans and SHG all uh, trying to work as a team even though there is a fence because obviously these experts they're going to be more or less forced to use our medical facilities to do those particular examinations is that correct or they're bringing practically uh, a mobile clinic with them.
2: I think it's doubtful that they'll um, They'll bring mobile clinics. Um, in fact, most of the examinations won't require any specialist equipment because there'll be physical examinations and there'll be questions about function. What we're anticipating is that there may be some cases where the expert says... I can't actually give a definitive opinion on prognosis unless I see some radiology. And by that, I mean x-rays or MRI or CT. Um, And uh, Hugh James and Waitmans are already alive to that possibility. And we're already discussing ways that we may be able to get that imaging done either on St Helena or if we can't have it done here, uh, then in South Africa.
0: And there again, the cost of a trip to South Africa or travel to South Africa wouldn't be uh, on the owners of the claimant.
2: No, it wouldn't be. But this is, this is um, one of those issues that, uh, again, none of us have had to contemplate before. So we're in uncharted territory. But what I would say is we're all alive to that um, possibility and we're already talking about ways that we'll be able to manage it. What, what I can say is that it's of paramount importance that all necessary investigations are done so that we can truly understand the extent of the damage.
0: And like you said, at the end of uh, stage two, before it actually goes into stage three, you'll know whether it is uh, a valid uh, claim or not, judging by what the experts are going to report.
2: Well, we'll know whether there's a valid claim at the end of stage one, because we will have had the report which comments on the standard of care received. Um, And so stages two and three are um, based on investigating how much the claim is worth by reference to how much damage has been caused.
0: Okay, uh, another interesting thought. Um, You mentioned about uh, claims for... Uh, treatment that uh, has possibly adverse uh, results or effects on a patient uh, care or treatment. What happens or what can happen in the case of someone who had nothing done to them, but they felt that it should have been done and maybe they would be in a better place now? Uh, but what if they attended uh, doc- those particular two doctors and they suggested nothing at all? But now that time has passed, uh, these same patients are feeling. I wonder if he was right to say no I shouldn't have anything done because if something had been done I might have been a little better now can it go the other way as well?
2: Yes it can so uh, a a huge part of our practice um, back in the UK is not only looking at the impact of things that have been done but also looking at the impact of things that haven't been done and should have been done and I think um, certainly one of the, the biggest areas where we make claims um, of that sort is if there has been a failure to diagnose a cancer, for example. Um, so somebody's been to see a doctor complaining of perhaps a skin lesion, uh, and the, the general practitioner hasn't taken it seriously and hasn't referred them for further investigation. And then 18 months, two years later, the, that same patient diagnosed with uh, cancer. Um, And in those cases, we have to work out what treatment that person would have been given had the diagnosis or the treatment been offered at the right time. So sort of reconstructing what should have happened is something that we're really well accustomed to doing.
0: Now, the net widens. Um, My cabbage leaf ears are not immune to things that are said around town. But uh, anyway just for the sake of our listeners and so that they can discern between uh, what you're doing and what might be happening. Uh, It is no secret, I've heard it for myself, otherwise I could never speak of it, but uh, it is no secret that there have been uh, cases of uh, attending a doctor for several weeks Uh, being and then being told to, uh, you know, take some painkillers or something. And then after so many weeks, there's something drastically wrong. Now, it's not much of a secret. I've heard it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. But just for our listeners sake, can you uh, just confirm whether it's not the here and the now that you're dealing with, you're only concerned with the cases related to Dr. Sergio and Soto?
2: So the, the protocol, the scheme, is specifically aimed at treatment provided by doctors Sergio and Soto. But what uh, Waitmans have also said is that if people have concerns about treatment that they've received from other practitioners in the last three years, then they would be prepared to consider those as part of the scheme.
0: Wow um yeah uh, that that's a big wow because uh i know it's been uh recent it's not something we want to dwell on because uh you know i do respect the hospital it's the only place i can go if something is wrong Uh, but if there's not much being done to assist when you know something is wrong uh, you can't help but your heart goes out to the stories that you hear so i know recently there have been a couple of stories of uh you know attending the hospital several, several times. And then it went on weeks and weeks and weeks. And then after that, that's when they arrived at um, uh, a diagnosis, but which could have come a little sooner. Let's put it that way. And that's only I can talk about because I've been told those stories by people who've suffered that way. Uh, So in that case, um, these cases could be included if they felt they were wrongly dealt with.
2: They could be, yes. One of the, the the key elements of the protocol is that um, the limitation period in relation to clinical negligence claims, which is usually three years, is being disapplied in relation to doctors Sergio and Soto whilst people are in the scheme because they were on the island a long time ago. So most of the treatment that we're considering is treatment that was received more than three years ago. So technically, anybody that's got concerns about treatment that they received within the last three years um, could bring a claim outside the protocol. Um, but what, SA, what Waitmans have said is that, again, in order to restore confidence uh, and in order to deal with these as cost effectively as possible, current claims within the last three years can potentially be dealt with Uh, through the scheme and they're going to consider those on a case-by-case basis but the answer to the question is yes if people have got any concerns about any treatment they received from anybody then they should also contact us and we can talk to them about it it may be that we say (coughs) it was just too long ago or that actually we don't think that the claim is likely to be successful but we're here to advise people um, and we're happy to chat to anybody about anything.
0: Okay, so uh, in that order, since you mentioned that you're quite happy to chat with anyone about anything, uh, uh, shall we just get you to run down the uh, contact details again? I know the mobile is 633, but uh, Izzy might be more uh, clued up on those details, wouldn't you, Izzy?
1: Yes. So my local phone number is 63320, um, so feel free to give that a call anytime. Um, otherwise you've got all our email addresses, which I, I think have been publicised everywhere, but um, it's isabel.summers uh, at, um, at hughjames.com, Powell at hughjames.com, jemma.osgood at hughjames.com or linan.nipe at hughjames.com.
0: Okay, so that's uh, the basic contacts, and there is a local uh, mobile number. Is there any particular hours uh, that you're limited to for speaking with people, or is it like an open-door policy?
2: Yeah, it's absolutely an open-door policy. Uh, We're really mindful that um, our time on the island is coming to an end again. We're leaving on Sunday. We're keen to to speak to as many people as possible before we go, which means that we can talk to people up until Saturday night. So they shouldn't worry about office hours or anything like that. They can contact us at any time.
0: And uh, would you be prepared to uh, go out to do home visits? Like uh, if you're given a map and say you must uh, uh, go via Sharks Valley, up Flagstaff and down over the barn, (laughs) do you think you'll find your way everywhere?
2: Do you know, I'm confident we will. We've done lots of home visits. We wouldn't be able to do it without Craig um, this time and, and Wayne last time. They've been absolutely fabulous and they've been ferrying us around everywhere. So wherever you are, we will get to you.
0: That sounds great. Isn't it a great way to see St. Helena as well? It's
2: fantastic.
0: And uh, it also uh, aids, I would say, the confidentiality. I mean, people probably feel a little more comfortable discussing this type of thing in the uh, privacy of their own home. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a couple of invites for some... Good old Saint rock cakes and some good uh, Saint Helena <laughs> tea made with water boiled on an open fire. You get to uh, sample some of our best.
2: <laughs> that would be lovely, and just just to say, we we've got um, some office space over at the consulate this time, um, and just to say thank you to all the people over at the consulate who've been really helpful um, in making that available to us, and also just to give another shout out to everybody at the man who is looking after us so well um, and has been taking messages from various people on reception and passing them on. Um, everybody has just really been fabulous.
0: And uh, obviously you won't drive anyone away who would like to visit you at your office space at the consulate. Uh, is there, do they have to go via reception or can they just come directly to your office space?
2: It's probably best if they give Izzy a ring on her mobile to um, to let her know that they'd like to see us there. Um, it's As everybody knows, it's about 40 seconds walk from the Mantis to the Consulate, so we can be there very quickly. We're not there um, all the time. Um, we, we tend to be based at the Mantis, but um, so if they give Izzy a ring or email, then we can just arrange a time to meet them
0: okay uh sorry to ask all those uh, little tiny details but i think if people want uh, or if you'd like to meet as many people and they need to find you it's probably best to uh lay some good breadcrumbs for them to follow yes to be able to get to you uh, but it's been very a very interesting uh talk and uh before we actually leave the studio ruth are there any other pertinent points you'd like to bring up at this stage? I mean, you haven't started the stages of the scheme as yet. You're uh, sort of gathering information. This is your information gathering stage, which can uh, take quite a while. Uh, But uh, just uh, if you have any other pertinent points, and from my side, um, what would you say is the overall timeline for Uh, I know they're all going to be different, but generally speaking, the overall timeline for a claim to be filed, processed and possibly paid off.
2: So that's a bit of an unknown. We are really hoping that once the protocol is signed, we will be able to start applying for medical records within the next month. Um, If we were pursuing a case in the UK, it might take us three months to get hold of a full set of notes, which we then have to sort and collate and review. We're mindful that that process might take a little bit longer here, partly because uh, we need to request records from other countries, Um, but I would hope that we would have a full set of everybody's records within six months of us requesting them. and whilst we're waiting for the notes to come in, we're going to be teeing up all our experts. So I would hope that within two or three months of having those notes, that we could be instructing the experts, so that potentially we'll have the first set of reports at the end of stage one um, within nine months to a year. Um, Then if we go on to the second stages, it's partly a question of when we can get the experts to come onto the island. Um, I think it's fair to say that this isn't going to be speedy. Um, It's not speedy at home. Um, It's just important that we keep the wheels turning. Sometimes they're gonna turn more slowly than other times. But I think the really positive thing is that it's, it's now moving. Um, and uh, we're very close to agreeing the protocol. And once it's in place, um, then I'm confident that things will, will start happening. And it's also probably important to say that the protocol will remain open for people to apply to for a long time. Uh, Because we understand that people might be reluctant to join and actually they may be waiting to see what happens to other people who go through the scheme before deciding to join it for themselves. So at the moment we're talking to Waitmans about how long the scheme will be open for people to apply but I think that's going to be at least six months to a year.
0: So uh, it's not uh, imperative that everyone contacts you right now. They do have time to make a decision. Yes, they do. Anything else you'd like to tell our listeners today, Ruth? It's been a very, very interesting discussion, and I hope it's shed some light on uh, um, questions people might have or some clarifications they might be uh, needing. And uh, here we go, right on cue. There's another little question that's come in uh, from our uh, email service, and it's, uh, if you don't mind, can I ask you this question before you leave? Um, It says, although the claimant will get full compensation, what are the lawyers' payment costs, which uh, this um, caller is assuming the SHG will be paying for, as this is not a free service? I don't know which part is the question here. But uh, Anyway, let me just repeat it so maybe it'll make some sense no, to you. No, it makes sense. It does. Okay, it, does. it
2: makes sense to me. Okay, good. Um, so the the legal fees involved, um, both on the part of Hugh, G- Hugh James and Waitmans, um, will be covered, will be paid by SHG as part of the, the protocol. And um, that's one of the issues that we're talking about at the moment, how we're going to structure... that that fee agreement. Um, But I think that the the headline is that um, those fees won't have to be paid by the claimants. Part of the, 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 the protocol is that SHG will be paying the legal fees.
0: Yeah, and now I get the uh, question. As soon as you started answering it, I get what they mean. Yeah, it means paying you on top of everyone else, it still falls under the SHG umbrella. Yes, it does. Okay, uh, so with that uh, tidied up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before... Uh, we let you go I think you're tiring a little now it's probably worse than you uh, your public meeting down at the museum being grilled <laughs> on the shine show on a Tuesday morning not
2: at all I'm very happy to be grilled um, no I don't think I think you've covered everything brilliantly um, just to to say to people please please have a chat with us um, we we're just as keen to talk to as many people as possible, um, and uh, make sure that if you think anybody else potentially needs to speak to us, to tell tell your friends and family that we're here and that we're we're happy to talk.
0: And you have up until Saturday night. Yes. Yeah. Uh, One last thing uh, that's just come to mind. Is there a time frame that you're going to have to inform SHG or Waitmans about the kind of payout they could, total payout they could be looking at? Is there a time frame on when you have to tell them that? I mean, obviously, fitting everything into budgets, like you say, it's part of family life as well. Um, but even then you'd like to know when there's an incoming big bill (laughs) and you're you're not quite sure of how much it's going to be but it'd be nice to get a heads up
2: yes Um, and uh, SHG are are very keen to understand that and Waitmans and us are having an ongoing dialogue we completely understand how how important it is for them to have an idea of the scale of the compensation that they're going to pay out Um, at the moment There are so many unknowns because we haven't got going yet um, that we can't give definite answers. But what I can say is that it's an ongoing conversation.
0: Okay, and uh, I hope that we'll have an ongoing conversation on your next visit out, uh, Ruth, and uh, maybe we can have a little update on how the scheme is progressing. But for today, I think we've exhausted you, but you've covered a lot of ground. Uh, You've shared a lot of information that I think will uh, enable... Uh, residents or possible claimants to be better equipped when making a decision about entering the scheme so thank you thank you very much for that ruth and izzy
2: you're very welcome thank you for having us
0: you're more than welcome and uh, if this isn't anything else i'd like to wish both of you ladies a pleasant day further and uh, thanks for coming on to the shine show today
2: Thank you. thank you